Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and today I'm joined by my brother from another mother and co-host, Corey BMTG. What is up, bro? Not too much, Bradley. I am just excited to uh, have a nice little mailbag episode here. We haven't done it in so long. Yeah, I mean, you know, with all of the, you know, shakeups and crazy stuff happening in Magic these days, it mm-hmm. felt uh, it felt great to hear from people, see what they're thinking, and uh, stay away from trying to deconstruct Standard as much as possible. Yeah, I'm just trying to not only not deconstruct Standard, but I'm trying to just actually stay away from it right now, a luxury you don't have right now. That is correct. I have to play in the grand final, so I will be testing after we record this. But before we get too deep into the episode, I would like to let everyone know that you can find this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. That is right. All the goods. All the good ones. Uh, It's really sad Skechers took us off uh, their podcast list, but you know what? We're trying to get Nike, um, but no success so far. But Yeah, no no one's returned to any of the emails we haven't sent. Um, (laughs) Those assholes. (laughs) Yeah, so like like you said, we were doing a mailbag episode this week, and we wanted to bring in a special guest, um, you know, that was special. And since we are doing a mailbag, we wanted to bring in someone who was on the cast and crew of You've Got Mail. And that is none other than Mr. Brian Brundewin. Uh, You've got Mailstar. How's it going, BBD? You know, it's going great. I got to say, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks were a delight to work with. Um, <laughs> you know, don't believe what you see in the media about them. Uh, they were they were great. I, so I thought the media kind of says that they're sweethearts. Oh, yeah. Don't believe that. <laughs> didn't you? Uh, <laughs> don't believe that you, at all. Were you, uh, were you like a castaway in the crew or were you like, did you fit in? I played the role of Wilson, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You, just, uh, you just stared there at him? You didn't say a word? Yeah, I played the role of Wilson in You've Got Mail. I don't know if you remember Wilson from that movie, but really important character. Oh, wait, wait. No, I remember. It was when they were in the mall and they just walked by that sporting goods store. Yes. There was just a volleyball there, right? Yeah, that was yeah. you? That was I you? Oh, dude. Yeah, I, I didn't know that... Um, that, uh, you know, the You've Got Mail universe was tied to the Castaway universe. But it makes sense, you know, since the the the, the MTG or the Magic universe is tied to the Walking Dead universe. You know, it makes sense that, that there's all these crossovers we didn't know about before. Natural segues. Yep, exactly. Yeah, there's going to be mm-hmm. some other crossovers we didn't know about when uh, game one of the NBA Finals is played tonight. But Oh, oh hell yeah. Yes. Hey, did you know it is the first person ever to be in the NBA finals that was born in the year in the 2000s? Just think about that. Doesn't that make you feel old? Holy shit. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Tyler Hero is born in 2000. What a world. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I I never Mm -hmm. thought about that. Young bucks out there. Man, man. Love it. That's insane. All right. So before we get to our questions, I just want to go over a few past results. But since there's been bannings, we're just going to congratulate the winners and not talk about the decks. Um, I thought, you know, that would save everyone. But yeah, Um, as you all know, this this podcast is the official podcast of MTG Melee. And this past weekend, there were a lot of awesome tournaments on the platform. So first off, we've got Red Bull um, qualifier for Japan (laughs) and Germany. Japan was won by Kataro. Ishibashi? Is that it? I think you nailed it. Ishibashi? I BBD's don't know. BBD's better about this, though, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll, leave it, 
Believe it to the Dizzle. Kataro, uh, the Germany qualifier was won by Ronald Mueller. Now, the Easy Gaming Group was hosting Comic-Con um, Africa 2020. I actually hung out with them on their stream and did some AMA and played some magic. They were a lot of fun. And, but that tournament was won by Cora Stoby. The SCG Tour Championship qualifier number six happened this last Saturday, won by Julian Felix Fleury with that awesome teched out version of Omnoth. Sorry, I said we weren't going to talk about the decks. <laughs> then the next day was the season two championship won by Tan Grams, who is kind of, I think, uh, personally, I think Tan Grams has become the all-star of the SCG circuit online. I understand, Corey, that you, uh, you've top eight a lot, but you don't close. Tan Grams does. No, and to be honest, I the only stat that I wanted to walk away from the SCG tour so far was to have the most top eights, but Tan Grams also beat me on that. Yeah. And and I can't close. So yeah, Tenengrams is definitely uh, the king of the of the tour so far. Well, hopefully there is a season three, and if so, you might be able to catch up. Um, yeah. On yeah. that now, the- Corey actually got denied. Corey actually applied to work for Sketchers, but they were like, "We're going to need you to work the, the afternoon shift." He's like, "Sorry, I can't close." So. Oh, bang! That's right. I don't work nights. Yeah. I barely work at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, next up is the Mythic Society. They had their Arena Community Cup uh, tournament that was won by Zach Dubin. And then last but not least was the Gaming Stadium featuring MTG Arena, won by Alex uh, Hagador. Now, I don't really get the... You know the featuring MTG Arena. Now is this is this like DJ Khaled? You know, like it is. Featuring MTG Arena. (laughs) MTG Arena just wants to be included in everything to to get their name out there. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah, their tendrils and everything. Yeah, except the one difference between MTG Arena and DJ Khaled is you know Arena's talented. So oh. And our next special guest is DJ Khaled for next week's episode of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. Well, I, I feel like these past resent, uh, results list gets longer and longer every time. It's like this MTG Melee thing is catching on. Yeah, it is. It is. It is wild. <laughs> There's just more and more tournaments each weekend that are big and awesome. So uh, thanks to all of the organizers that are running tournaments on there. And uh, even though I'm part of the team, thank you, Jason Flatford, and the rest of the development team that uh, keep us going and awesome. And there was we just had a big dump of cool features. And there's a lot of stuff coming Dude. from development. Mm-hmm. Don't tell cool. us about your big dumps on the podcast. That's like pre-show <laughs> <Yeah>. material. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, there's, no, that's there's pre-pre-show. There's a cool new feature, actually. I mean, I'm I'm nerding out here for a second, but I'm just going to. You know how if you hover over a deck, the hover card comes out and shows you what the deck is. Yeah, yeah. You can you can now copy lists from the hover card. Ooh, that is a nice feature. Hmm. Yeah, I always said just that hover thing would have saved me so much time when I was like, you know, actually just looking at every single list uh, from leagues before pro tours and whatnot. But yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, while no, we're on no, the movie just... thing, the Back to the Future really made me think that that hover technology was coming way earlier than it was. But it, it didn't come out until 2020 in mtgmelee.com. So <laughs> pretty the next step for MTG Melee is to put that same technology onto a skateboard. Yes. That's 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 a later patch. Yeah, yeah. When's that coming out? Uh well we're we're we can't really divulge all of the things that we're working on. Yeah. But let's just say you'll be pleasantly surprised. Excellent. <laughs> All right, great. That you don't have to get on a skateboard anytime soon, Brian. Well, the last time I got on this, 
<laughs> I, I think I told you guys the story the last time I went on a skateboard. Did I tell you that? I think I saw a video of something to do with skateboarding, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, no, I don't no. remember exactly what. Not the video. That's uh, that's for another mm, time. Brian that's for another just down. No, Brian. <laughs> no, stop it. Corey, you know what he's saying. Think hard about a skateboard. <laughs> if you didn't know I was trolling him into that question, okay, then okay. you are a fool. <laughs> so I'm just quickly say the last time I was, I came out of, when this is when I worked at SCG. I came out of work after the day was over. And there were some coworkers just out there, like on a skateboard. Oh yeah, and, you did tell me this. Yeah, like they then I was just like, oh cool. And like the I, I don't remember if like they kicked me the skateboard or if I just like decided to get on it. But I was like, yeah, let me just jump on this the skateboard. I don't skateboard. I basically <laughs> so I get on the skateboard, I take one step, I'm too far back on the skateboard, it flips up and I fall on my ass. And that's just like yeah. immediately what happened. It was pretty <laughs> embarrassing to be completely honest. But anyway. So you so you went from versus live to battling against gravity in the parking lot for another versus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't don't go up against gravity, you won't win. So. And next yeah, up on versus live, we've got Brian against gravel. Yeah. <laughs> well, that gravel was wins that, every that, time. That was actually now now, you know, moving into to talking about the mailbag, we'll actually get into this. Okay. Um but that that was actually one of the questions that I did not take. One of the only questions, really, that wasn't a troll was just making a tier list of the best versus um, duos. And now, while I would want to put Brian and I at the top, yeah. I would not want to continue the list because I think mm-hmm. doing lists like that is just mean spirited. It just becomes yeah. mean spirited. Yeah, yeah, even, that's even true. Even if that's you have true. genuine intentions, it it play, it comes off as mean spirited. Honestly, I, I hate that stigma around it just because I think I think lists like that are, are cool. You know, I, I I think it keeps people hungry to do better. I think it acknowledges people that do good work. But no matter what, at the bottom of the list, people are going to feel bad no matter who it is. So exactly. And you've been yeah. at the bottom of lists and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. I think it's no, dirt. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. that's just yeah. like you like the thing is, is the 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 shorter and the more inclusive a list is. Uh, you know, it's going to hurt certain people. And I get like other games, but when it comes to like magic, like I don't want to be on a list because being up first is not going to feel as good, as bad as it's going to feel to be last. There's also a lot of subjectivity involved when it comes to things like, like content creation or even magic as a whole. And so a lot of that is just somebody subjectively saying who they think sucks, which it's not great. Like it's, it's yeah. different if it's like pro basketball because it's like, well, this team had the best record in the in in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, they're probably the best team. Like that that kind of ranking stuff is way different when it's like professionals and a sport that has more measurable metrics. But yeah, yeah that's true. actually, Amber and I got into a, a pretty heated argument because ever since quarantine started, we started arguing about ridiculous things. And Everything. One them, yep. One of them was about like the Grammys or the Emmys or something. The Emmys just came out and. I was talking about like because I've been getting more woke, I guess, and I don't even know if I'm too woke, but like, <laughs> you know, like what in this industry, so many people that like run these events and and everyone that does a lot of stuff are kind of getting the shit in, like the people that work these conventions and work these like big gala things, and they're 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 struggling really badly right now. But then you know they did this webcam version of the Emmys just to hand all these awards out. And I'm like, you know, that just it kind of sucks that like. 
the world is the way that it is and they're all handing each other awards and i just don't want to get in on that and she's like well what's that you know what's the difference of that and like you know football or whatever hall of fames and stuff like that and i'm like well there's like tangible metrics that can also be used there and and not the subjectivity of it all and you know that that i don't know why i'm telling this but (laughs) (laughs) Um, i mean i'll just i'll just say as somebody who uh you know, I, I think this year has been a really tough year for a lot of people and uh, and really frustrating. And I, I found that the football season coming back has, has been a much needed and wonderful escape from everything for me. And I think it's important to just still have things that you can escape to and yeah, find, find enjoyable mm-hmm. through everything else. So, you know, it's like uh, things suck right now, but I don't think that everything should have to be put on hold because of it. So. Oh. Yeah. And and the sense that, like, you know, I, I think that is perfectly well said when it comes to award shows like that. It's mostly to acknowledge success and whatnot, but to look back at like cool shows throughout the year. And I know people that just kind of love the nostalgia of being like, oh, yeah, that that series was good, but they finished it so long ago. You know, it, it's kind of out of their brain. And to argue about who wins and stuff. I, I think people find award shows pretty entertaining, myself included, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that the, the, you shouldn't. Yeah, I'm just saying like mm. that's how I was feeling that day because, you know, everything yeah. sucks. Um, yeah. No, no, no. Hey, that's that's I, a I, nice way to tie a bow on that. I mean, it does <laughs> feel a little surreal to see people handing out awards for shows while the world burns around us. But, I, mm-hmm. I you know, I can see both sides of it. So, yeah, true, true. Yeah. All right. Well, well, I guess that start that fine, fine. You guys sold me. We'll 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 rank the SCG. <laughs> let's get into our let's get into our mailbag questions. Our first question is: Can you rank the SCG tour? Yeah. yeah. All right, Brian and I on top. Anyone with Ross on bottom? Wow! Wow! <laughs> The Bass Bros Podcast is proudly sponsored by BCW Supplies. BCW offers great products at an even better price. From their Elite 2 sleeves to the DeckBot line, you're sure to get an amazing product. I've been using their sleeves and deck boxes for the last year, and let me tell you, bro, their durability is unparalleled. Well, if you're interested in trying them out yourselves, you can go to bcwsupplies.com and order today. BCW Supplies. Protect. Store. Display. Slogans. Marketing. Magic. Wow. All right. So our first question comes from Sean and Sean asks, if given the option, what card would you delete from magic entirely? What card would you make evergreen in standard? So, so that is two Mm. questions. I, uh, I already know what card I'm going to delete. So while you two think it's going to be counterbalance because of Grand Prix Louisville round 15, Brian, would you like (laughs) to tell the story? (laughs) uh i think i just i was playing for top eight of that uh legacy gp and i beat some like horrific scrub in the last round of the the last (laughs) round to make the top eight that's all i remember from it that sounds about right i don't remember my opponent (laughs) casting a one mana spell into (sighs) a counterbalance with no top me flipping swords to plowshares to counter that spell and then also have the removal spell the following turn to deal with a lethal Tarmogoyf <laughs> later coming back to win the game. That's not what I remember. It's not um, what happened. Okay. Not at all. No. 
Well, it happened, and it was me. <laughs> wow, wow. What card? What a specific card, huh? Yeah, just like I mean, you know, this can also just be like card that you really hate. Like if if I got to delete a card entirely from Magic, like like I don't know. It depends on what format. It's so subjective. I don't think counterbalance yeah. even matters in any formats. But no, if I could, yeah. if I could have deleted it from my memory. It would have been counterbalanced because of how frustrating yeah. like, it happens. Now, if I could delete a card from Magic um, for competitive play, I, I would probably um, delete anything made after 2018. <laughs> just, um. just delete some years, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go first with a specific card. I think a specific card I would delete is Creeping Chill. That card, it's just why, just just fucking why. It, that, we're now having a great one. <laughs> we're now having it pop up in another random modern deck that is not really possible without it. It made dredge just insane, and, and there's no value to that card. Let's just get that one out of there. That's a really good answer, actually. I like that <laughs> Thanks. answer. Thanks. And honestly, for a card that I would make evergreen, this was my answer before this. Uh, most recent set, and now I think it would change, but mine would have just been Fabled Passage. I love that <laughs> land, but holy fuck, does it does it not hit the same right now? That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is good. Yeah. <laughs> what a band. Oh, I make it evergreen. No, I know, I know what you're saying, but that's funny. It was just such a good land before it became like a spell as as well as a land uh, with the new set. Uh, you know, I loved it before the Cobra shit, but yeah. Yeah, I don't actually you, know what card I would delete because for me, it's more about like mechanics entirely. Like, like I guess ramp. <laughs> yeah, like I, I would want to <laughs> delete like, you know, like like Gilded Goose or something, but it, that's just a card or I would want to delete like uh, like heart of kieran because i thought i thought vehicles really sucked as a mechanic um mm. but like that's just one card you know there was also smugglers copter and stuff so it's hard for me to just pinpoint exactly like one card like maybe my answer is just like growth spiral i don't know <laughs> yeah like that, that sums up a generation <laughs> just I, I just uh yeah just just the cards like that that create unfun games of magic at least for me personally um, mm -hmm. what card do I want to make evergreen and standard? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I'm going to go with an answer of, of like Thalia guardian of Thraben, um, Ooh. or, you know, just, just something like that. Or, or maybe like, like a pithing needle, like some cheap answer card that isn't oppressive, really not like they can't really be played proactively. I guess Thalia is proactive, but in a creature deck. So that for me, that's yeah. fine. But something like um, like Pithing Needle, you can't really play a proactive um, Pithing Needle because it really depends on the threats. It's always an answer. It's never a threat, you know, like, mm. so. I don't know, about the Karn, the Great Creator, turning it into a 1-1 one, one and attacking. Ah, uh, broke it. Gotcha. <laughs> so, okay. I, I got mine that I would want to make Evergreen, but, it, mm. but, but the card itself couldn't because it has a mechanic. But it's like to the effect. I think I would want Thraben Inspector to be evergreen. Okay. I, want, I, 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 and, and it could be a different card, but I pretty much just want a base white creature that just goes in white decks, you know, like that, that just helps it on the early turns, gives it the advantages it needs. Um, is this type of card, 
Um, you know, I was thinking like Gideon, but like obviously Gideon's too broken and it would always be there. But like White just always gets like the shit end of the deal. And mm -hmm. and I just want like some kind of base creature that that would always go in a deck. So my, my answer is Thraven Inspector. I like it. I like it. Shall we move on to the next question? I mean, go for it. Okay. Uh, Wapa asks, are there any players you idolized when grinding up? Uh, if so, do you ever play each other? Uh, second part of the question, do we have any pre or post tournament rituals? Is it different with online versus paper? So I guess uh, kind of a diff a two part question. Oh, no, there. it's just two separate questions. Now Wapa pays the bills around here. Ah, uh, uh, yes, as a yes. supporter on Patreon.com/slash/podcast, and therefore we gave them two questions. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's some perks. So uh, I guess I'll go first. Uh, players that I idolized um, when when growing up, grinding up, I would say would be Kenji. Kenji was like at the peak when I was still at my mom's house, you know, watching coverage, pretending to, you know, be at the table and play magic as a, as a kid and whatnot after what, uh, afterwards. And I just saw him play in so many events, uh, and do so well. And he was always just so nice. Um, you know, I, I never could understand what he was saying, of course, cause a language bearer, but just his demeanor at a table and just how he always shook people's hands um and just smiled whether he lost or won um was something that i really admired yeah, no, and kenji. have i played him i have not played him i've never played kenji wow uh, yeah. my, the person that i idolized before i be, before i became a pro was guillaume wafotapa mostly okay. just because when i was real like now looking back and watching those i've rewatched what made what blew my mind as a professional magic player from him um now i look back and it's not as special you know, like the plays that I saw him making were very good, but now as a, as a pro and someone that's played, like I understand them, but at the time yeah. he blew my mind and, and I mean, he's always been an amazing magic player, but he blew my mm -hmm. mind back then. And I idolized him and I wanted to play the same decks as him. And I wanted to uh, do a lot of the same like things that he did. And I ended up getting to play him actually at pro tour Amsterdam and <laughs> seven unlimited. And, uh, he was playing a blue black control deck and I was playing a shitty dumb green creature deck. And when mm -hmm. we sat down at the table, I was so nervous. We were both XO, 6-0 at the time. And when I was so nervous that like I fumbled my deck face up, <laughs> shuffling. <laughs> like he got to see shit. And I'm like, oh God, that's embarrassing. And then all I did for two games in a row was just play big dumb green creatures till he died. Mm -hmm. um, but the best is I beat him in game two by um autumn's veiling his mind control the most wafu tapa magic card of all time mind control and then i got him with with autumn's veil which is a fixed version of veil of summer okay okay sick sick and then you both top aided that tournament right yeah we both top aided nice i was there in that city you were you were around yeah, yeah. brian did you <laughs> analyze anyone um I don't know if I really idolize people that much because that's I just don't really buy into the whole like idolizing people thing. Uh, just, you know, as a general concept, uh, I just I kind of just feel that people are people regardless of where they are. But mm -hmm. um, I, I would say for me, the player that I probably looked up to the most was was Reed Duke. And it, and it had nothing to really do with how he played magic. I just really liked how he uh, like presented himself as a person you know yep. he was always very friendly to people um he's always a pleasant opponent to play against um that kind of stuff and i always just 
really respected that aspect of it, even just beyond the gameplay itself, because I, I never really like people being talented at magic is one thing, but people being a genuinely decent person to be around is, is something that meant a lot more to me. So that, that would be me. And I, I've played against him a number of times and he usually beats the crap out of me. So he's also <laughs> way better at magic too. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That was always for me. That was always a big thing. I love that because honestly, that's, that was kind of why I said Kenji as well. And he was, I feel like his Kenji's mentality towards the game led me to later on be a Reed Duke fan. Um, but I, I feel like Reed was just a little bit later um, as far as generation and wasn't when I was a kid. Cause I, I'm the same. I don't really idolize um, players anymore. Um, but as a kid, I definitely did. And Kenji kind of handled himself the same way. Just respect for everyone and always happy. And uh, that's something I've tried to channel into my own career as well. Yeah, no, Kenji was awesome. I actually got to hang out with him a lot because of Time Spiral Block Constructed on MTGO. And uh, he gave me lists and we played a few times. And yeah, Kenji was always one of my favorites too. Still is. He even played yeah. uh, in the the Japanese um, Red Bull qualifier with a good list of uh, four-color Omnoth, but sadly lost in top 16. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Bummer. Right, so, so second part of the question is, do we have any pre or post tournament rituals? Is it different online versus paper? Well, I'll take this real quick. Um, my mm -hmm. pre tournament ritual is in the morning to just wake up like two to three hours before the day starts to take a shower, ease into my day, go get a Starbucks and then like chill for like 45 minutes before it starts. I just like being very awake before the tournament, especially yeah. at live pro tours where you have to draft right away like i've i've accidentally overslept and got there and it's really hard for me to remember all where all the cards are and yeah. stuff through the first three hours so i like getting up really early yeah and mine mine's pretty much the same i i, I didn't have the same ritual as brad until we went to enough pro tours together where now i'm officially hooked on starbucks as well so i do the same the only thing in addition i would do is whenever we were at paper tournaments, I would always just want to play like three games, just, just like three games to kind of just shake it off. Um, and, and just, just be ready to play the tournament with, with online. I feel like that's just a little different to do. And I don't really need to, cause it's more of just like a calming the nerves thing for me. It'd just be like, just see the cards, you know, uh, just see myself attacking, uh, and, you know, trying to win a game, and I, I don't know. Anybody else just play a couple games before? Yeah, I like to do yeah. it too. I, I usually play yeah. real bad, uh, really badly the first uh, rounds of tournaments. I, I lose round one of tournaments so much. Yeah. Um, so I, I like to just generally get a game in. Even even with online, um, some of these recent tournaments that we've played, I, I'll play one game. I'll play like one game on the ladder before like an hour before mm -hmm. the tournament or something. That's smart. I never do that, but yeah. I probably should. Um, as for yeah. rituals. Uh, other than like the ju just generic ritualistic sacrifices that most people make, uh, <laughs> the only ritual that I really have adopted is uh, pouring laxatives into Brad's coffee. And that's oh, what that is. The, the, and you charged him $9 still? Yeah. I saw a video of it. The great thing about <laughs> it too is that it, it hasn't changed. Now, like living with Brad, it hasn't had to change between online and paper, I can still do it. So wow. yeah, it's so messed up. So messed up. I do. Can I, can I answer our post tournament ritual though, Brian? Sure. Yeah. And I'm being serious. 
Ryan and I now share the same post tournament ritual, which is getting the f out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I've, always, I've always liked that post game ritual, but now Brent's yeah. come around to it as well. Yeah, well I used yeah. to like to like party and hang out with people, and now I just like to get the out of there. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. See, yep. and, and, and I mean it's, it's crazy because like so so like and I'm gonna bring up. This 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 is gonna come off as a humble break, but that's the story. So at MC three, like we, I, I I lost the finals. We did an MPL meeting, and then we rushed to the airport to get home. And then yeah. at seven, um, the day took longer because it was double elimination and eight players or whatever. So, um, I was going into the finals against Canister, and Brian had to leave for his flight. And Brian's like, you know, being a good friend and saying. Yo, Brad, do you want me to just stay and I'll miss the flight with you as support? And I was like, no, just get the out of here. (laughs) (laughs) And then I lost and Brian was already bored and there's no way I could get that. So some people were coming out for condolences and I was like, it's all good. And I was just standing outside and I was just emergency getting another flight. And then I got the out of there. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm definitely... Most of the time I leave the next day, you know, so I am always looking to most of the time it's on Sunday as well. So go watch whatever foot ga- football game, relax, have a beer and and unwind. I, I, I never understood the post tournament rituals of you, BBD, especially the when you couldn't get out of there of just going back to the hotel room and like getting a draft in or something. I, I remember like getting ready and I'm just like, how could you play magic right now? It is the last thing I would want to do at the end of a pro tour. Well, the thing is, is like you're an extreme extrovert and I'm I am, too. But I also I, I have introvert um, tendencies and I don't, too, wanna, yeah. I don't want to answer for Brian. But like, dude, if you don't if you're if you're not into the loud annoyingness of pro magic players on a Sunday, mm. like, it's the worst experience ever. Like, I'm not going to name names, but I can see why Brian would rather be in the hotel room than hear everyone's bad beat or drunken story for five hours and then go to sleep. Yeah, that's fair. I guess I just always hang out with the Danes and I don't really feel like we bad beat story that often, but maybe, who knows? Yeah, I I mean, I, uh, for me, it's kind of like a thing where I'll play in a tournament and after the tournament's over, I see all the ways I could have done better. And so as somebody who's competitive and who um, one of the things I truly enjoy about games like Magic is improving from mistakes, um, I, I do like to just jump into a draft right after the tournament. In fact, that's usually when I enjoy playing Magic the most because I know how I can improve from something and I get to try it yeah. out. Um, and the pressure's done from the big event, I feel. Right. And then, yeah. um, and, and it's like, it's kind of different too. Like if I do really well in a tournament, I don't feel the need to play magic then really. Cause it's like, mm. I did well in the tournament, you know, it's like, it's almost a chance for me to mm. rebound from doing poorly in an event. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of it is that I'm, I'm super introverted. Um, and I don't really enjoy the, the partying, all that kind of stuff as much. I mean, I do have fun doing it sometimes, but for me, it's not a, it's not a regular thing. Um, yeah. some of the really fun times I've had after tournaments is actually just, there's a, you know, a lot of group of magic players getting together to play board games or whatever like that to yeah. me is really fun. And so I, I've had fun doing that kind of stuff with people. Yeah, after I, I actually, yeah. I actually did that at the, um, whatever the, the first mythic invitational, 
um i just played board games and didn't um go and get crazy because i'm getting older you know and <laughs> i don't like going to clubs or whatever yeah I'm just drinking so much like what about club, get, what about club b's though oh i'll go to, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go fuck with that uh asian chicken salad or whatever it is oh yeah that stuff's good I mean, it's not good, but it's 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 like the Biden of 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 Applebee's food, right? Like, it's not good, but everything else sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true. That's pretty true. <laughs> All right. So next question we got is from Chris Marshall, who asks, "What do you guys enjoy doing outside magic?" I'll let you two answer first, and then I'll I'll, I'll say what I want to say. Um, I guess for me, the biggest thing. Uh, that's been my absolute favorite hobby is just music, just going to music festivals, concerts, stuff like that. So you can imagine that's not going too well for me lately. That's oh, for sure. Speaking <laughs> of this, bro, I would definitely suggest, and I should probably do this not on the podcast, but just just cleaning up your Facebook photos. You've got some, I, I, I used one as a joke for the last Bastros Battles, but there's yeah. some ridiculous pictures in there. Oh and, yeah, and, you, and all from music festivals. Yeah. That's if for sure. If you scale up in popularity, I could just see those you not wanting those pictures there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> admittedly, I had to have that, or Dad had to have that talk with me when I was going to become a teacher. And yeah, it it rings a little less true now, but still probably true. <laughs> it's probably worth it. <laughs> it can't hurt. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, my first answer for that question. Uh, I'm being told I shouldn't say by the PR expert, which was just your oh. your mom. Um, oh, of course, yeah. Yes. But no, my. Uh, <laughs> um, what do I enjoy doing outside? You know, the funny thing about outside of magic. Um, <laughs> what I enjoy doing outside of uh, tough. It's a good question. Uh, funny thing is, it uh, Brad. Oh. <laughs> that's my turn <laughs> that, that was a great answer um uh yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry you don't enjoy anything but um uh like like mostly it was like watching shows i amber and i watched like a decent amount of tv and movies together and and uh and unwind and just like we hang out outside now with puppy and just hang out outside um that reminds me i need to go check if i've got fizzbrees in the trunk and i think you do brian we might need to borrow one if i can't find one i have a dog now and i have a backyard and i and i have frisbees around like what i am spewing value mm. hey um, you gonna play some catch with that dog i mean i don't want to yeah. i don't want to ruin the the disc golf frisbees that i have if that's what you're saying but okay fine i thought <laughs> i thought you have given up on them i mean i um, haven't done it in forever but i would still like yeah. to have them <laughs> <laughs> they'd be more aerodynamic if you poke some holes in them yeah, but lately the thing that I've liked to do the most is play Among Us, and I know neither of you have played it, and I keep bringing it up, but it really is a fun social game, and I've really enjoyed my nights hanging out with some people, especially like I get I, like I got into a game last night with like Adam Prozac, and it's like holy shit, I haven't talked to Adam Prozac in six months. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like very social and getting to to you know quote unquote hang out with people I haven't seen in a long time, and I, I don't know if I'd like Among Us as much if it wasn't for quarantine, but. I'm getting to start seeing and interacting with people that I haven't in so long that I've been getting way too addicted to it. Like I'm, I'm completely immersed into it. All right. Well, let's yeah, jump in. Sense. Let's jump into the yeah. next question. What are the best new games to immerse oneself into, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be among us. Oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> wow. I um, actually have the. But, oh, you go first, BBD. But wrong because Among Us isn't a new game. It's two years old. 
Is it really? Yeah. Yes. No, the game it, was no, the games went out for two years. How no did it one, just explode? Oh, it's so good. This is so good if you don't know this. Yeah. Um, they were just not that great at marketing it. They were about to make a second game, um, Among Us 2. And then all of a sudden it just started picking up steam at the end of August. And mm-hmm. um and then that was right after, like two weeks after uh Fall Guys came out, and that was becoming the big game, then just somehow this game started picking up a ton of popularity because people are starting to stream it. And then it kind of happens, right? Like one magic player says this is good and all the magic people are like, yeah, this is the kind of game we like. So then everyone starts playing it. And so it blew up from like 2 million players to like 60 million. Wow. And and it just destroyed all of what, all the hype around Fall Guys. Like completely just blew like all of the wind out of their sails. And um, and you know, I've been seeing a lot of like great memes where it's like, you remember the, uh, uh, the end game where Thanos is like, or what's her name? Um, says you took everything from me. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I don't even know who you are or whatever. Yeah, But the, the mm-hmm. memes are just like, you took everything from me from, from the fall guys. And then, <laughs> and, the, and then the, 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 uh, the imposter was just like, I don't know. You sound kind of sus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, I guess I'll go next. Uh best game new games to immerse oneself in. For me, it has just been Beat Saber. I have been the biggest fan. We're talking of, new game. You were playing that game when I saw you last December. Well, it literally <laughs> is an immersive game, Bradley. Mm-hmm. You could not be more immersed in a game than a virtual reality game. That's for damn sure. Well, I, I've got quality <laughs> complaints because we bought a, one of those and then the headset yeah. broke immediately and then they wouldn't give us a refund. Really? Yes. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, ours just works perfectly, but yeah, that, that would be bullshit. But I've just always been such a big fan of beat games, starting with Dance Dance Revolution way mm-hmm. back in the day. Uh, so it was kind of a natural segue into this. And, you know, I mean, it's just a, a, a really cool game. Well, I don't know if it qualifies as a new game, but has anyone considered playing <laughs> a game from 2004, World of Warcraft Classic? <laughs> and you think, I thought you were going to say Russian Fishing 4. Yeah, oh, yeah, Russian Fishing 4, for sure. Corey, you want to talk about an immersive game? How about a game that consumes your, and destroys your entire life? <laughs> Nothing's more immersive than that. Damn, so. that's true. I mean, uh, Beat Saber just added a Linkin Park, uh, uh, like song selection but that's only going to destroy my life for like you know a week while i get sick of these songs a whole life that's next level yeah yeah i can't i I can't believe that they uh they brought out an an entire selection of songs because of course we all know in the end it doesn't even matter it doesn't even matter that's true that's true that's a that's a a (laughs) deep that's a deep cut a deep paper cut (laughs) Yeah, Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln Park was so far ahead of their so, ahead of their time. I didn't know they made a song about 2020. Yeah, it's called My December. Um, <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I do want to answer actually the previous question real fast. I didn't actually answer it. I just want to say that oh. outside of Magic, I I I like uh, like watching football. Mm. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, Let's you're, go. You're, Let's go. You're, <laughs> I do wish uh, I we lived in the same city, BBD. I would totally watch uh, football games with you, but I don't care enough about it to like invest myself. But if I had someone else who was invested and liked it already, I would join them. But otherwise, I'm I'm so medium on it. I I haven't watched much, but yeah, I've really taken to just appreciating the game as like a fan a lot yeah. more. Um, 
like I, I just like watching games, even ones where I don't have any interest in, in like the teams themselves, just as a fan of the game and appreciating like mm-hmm. how, how the game goes. Like good example is last week, there was the chiefs Ravens game and they're two of the best teams in the league, arguably the two best teams. And I was just blown away by how great um, the head coach of the chiefs play calling was in that game. And mm. like as a fan, it was just uh, to me it was a master class, and I just I loved it. Like that was just so awesome to watch. Even though I'm not so a fan have, of either team, like you know. But so I just have one last question before we move to the next thing. So like as a fan, do you usually go like settings one through three? Do you oscillate or just like <laughs> you know just straight fan work or what do you think? I like to oscillate. You like to oscillate? Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Great. All right. So next up, uh, content creator extraordinaire Covert Go Blue asks to each of you: If you were in charge, what would you do to broaden the appeal of competitive Magic? Now, this one we could probably spend an entire episode on. So um, mm. I'm just I'm just going to give one little snippet of of an answer for this one because it could go on forever. Yep. I think uh, as someone that has been keeping close tabs on, you know, ever since, you know, MTG Melee and I'm part of the marketing team, I try to f- focus on what people like and what they dislike. And I see some tournament series go well and some go bad poorly or not hit what I thought their potential was. And yep. um, looking at other games and stuff like that, I feel like what would appeal for competitive magic is, uh, especially in an online era, is to stop doing so much Switch plus top eight and long form uh, tournament series and go to more quick, you know, like kind of get or done type of magic tournaments. And that would be turning big, some high level competitions and qualifiers into double eliminations or single yeah. eliminations, um, like qualifiers, just single elimination, 32 people, top two qualify for something or whatever. You know, like, I'm not saying yeah. I know what the structure is, but I think double elimination, single elimination for online events should be used more because they're high they're high intensity, they're really fun, they're fast. You don't have to play nine rounds cut to top eight and then play your three single elimination matches. You can get to that single elimination faster. And so yeah. um, I'm, I'm big on that, and I think that that would help broaden the appeal of competitive magic because it can it's faster for newer players that haven't played tournaments to come in and play. And the structures are way easier. If no one's ever heard of Swiss or dual format or stuff, it's way easier for them to just play. It's like, okay, don't lose two times. Yeah. Yeah. For me, this is a little hard to do with magic and I don't even know if it's really possible, but I like that as well. Trying to um, make tournaments essentially not as long um, cut out dead time on broadcasts and also focus more on like team stuff. I think people just love, you know, team liquid team stuff like that. They like to cheer for teams and it's so tough to do with magic, but I, I think some way of incorporating uh, that into into tournaments would be awesome. You know, like just think of like a team of four and you play another team to like advance to the next round instead of a Swiss tournament where you're all playing separately and you're kind of on a team and you like just kind of like team battles that they had um, for the team series, you know, like Finkel, uh, whatever um, ultimate guard versus whoever they played every year, something like that, where it's just one thing and then moves on to two other teams playing. Uh, I, mean, I think that would just, be kind of cool. It's super convoluted and oh, it's super tough, but yeah. And it's not a team game. It's it's turning a, an individual player game into a team. It's really tough. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. 
I just know people love the team aspect of it, but maybe it's just impossible to build that into the magic aspect. But even like the team series stuff, I thought that was pretty cool at building storylines and made it a little bit more interesting um, for the viewer. I think there's but, fun ways that yeah. they could do it. You know, you have if you had two teams of three set to battle up against each other, you know, you could have things like let's say each team submits five decks before the match begins. Each each team gets to choose one deck of their opponent's submission that that team team doesn't get to play, and then you know maybe like if like you know you play the first round uh, of the team event and whichever team loses they get to choose who the next player is from the opposing team and which of the that team's decks that player has to play you know like that kind of stuff like mm-hmm. there's there are interesting things that you could do in that space. I do think that that would be something that would be pretty fun. That could be pretty fun. Maybe not as a all the time thing, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, the problem, there's, there's, I mean, well, I, I like that idea, but so that, that is very viewer facing. Yeah. And if it's viewer facing, we just don't have the hits to make it worth it. Like that's a lot of investment into something, right? Like, like, I mean, maybe it can grow, but like, that's a lot of money and investment and structure and commentators and staff and organizers. And then who's qualified for it and all of that. And then all of a sudden, like you need to get the the viewership to make it worth it. And I, you know, maybe it's worth somebody that would want to try to risk it, but you have to find the investor for it. It's yeah. a good well, idea. I mean, you just transition the idea. crew, you just transition the commentating team that we already have just into, I'm talking about just turning that kind of structure into a pro tour structure, still obviously use the coverage team, all the stuff we have already in place for it, but just to try new ideas that are more fast paced, more team oriented because team liquid league of legends, stuff like that. I see so many t- people that are just like, I'm so excited to watch this team played this game, things I don't really understand, but you you just see the excitement around that. Therefore that builds viewers naturally. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. And then, but yeah, like that, that won't work as an organized play thing with MPL rivals. I would spilt. Well, of course it would, yeah. it would take it would, a fundamental would change. To, yeah. we'd, have to, we'd have to blow it all up. Yeah. <laughs> which, which I'm not which, saying uh, I, I'm not opposed to, which happens every <laughs> year anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a lot of answers for this question, but I would want to take some time to think about them before I just spit them out there. And they're probably a little too long for the context of what we're doing. That's great. Yeah. We'll go to the next one, which is Jason. Asks, I would like to know about the double face cards and how this is just is Jason Florent, by the way. Oh uh, yeah. I, I heard the whoop and I was like, ah, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. Jonathan um, cut that whoop from the record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know about double face cards and how you go about building decks with them and how you sideboard with them when picking up a new deck. I, are you counting them as lands or spells? How would you know when and if you can sideboard them out? I mean, the, this Oh, oh, sorry, Brad. Can I go first here? Yeah. I have no idea and I would love to hear your answer. So that that's mine. I have no clue. I have been struggling with this as well. I do not understand deck building with these double face lands. If you should treat them as lands or spells or anything. So, yep, I I have no idea. Well, my my long and short answer is, especially with the spike. I think that the uh, the whatever the spike's called, uh, um, haphazard spike. I yeah, believe, that's or something. one yeah. that like people are playing and going up to like 30 31 lands and then Mm -hmm. boarding some out when they're not good and i think that's the way you're supposed to play it but i also just don't feel like i don't know how good that card actually is in the format it seems fine but not perfect 
And yeah. um, and so, like, it makes sense with that one in the context of that card that if you think it's going to be good in the format, you can play, like, let's say you're gonna you, your deck is optimal with 27 lands. Um, you can go down to 26 real lands and play three or four of them because mm-hmm. you're going to cast them a lot of the time. And then if you're in a matchup that doesn't, then you can go back to the appropriate 27 lands or 28 lands, like 27 on the draw, 28 on the play, whatever you want to do. Um, yeah. But that's that's how I also treat things is I've been trimming on these spells when I don't think they're going to be that good after sideboard more aggressively on the draw than on the play. When I'm on the play, I just want every mana source. Yeah. Um, and so I do that. But also, I just think that we're going to overplay these cards. Um, and... And uh, the ones that the the um, the true ones, not the coming to play tap, but the mythic ones, I mm-hmm. think they should just unless they're going to break your mana based on your fable passage numbers or if you want to play castles, I, I just treat them as lands and keep them all the time. Yeah, that makes sense. What about like like Sultai midrange was playing like Maul is playing like Balagad's recovery. Um, you know, like the tapped ones that were decent. I feel like some of those cards, like Ball Against Recovery, you'd want to take that out on the draw against like a hyper aggressive deck because, you know, three mana regrowth is usually not fast enough. So how, how, do, how do you figure out those kind of numbers where they're uh, like... I, I have no yeah. idea. Like it, right. it, it comes, it's so complex that I think every case is different. Like I would like to argue that maybe like that card shouldn't be in the deck or should be easily taken out based on your mana base. It depends on if mm-hmm. I have enough lands or not and how I feel and how my deck's configured. So like, it's so contextual that it just can't be answered here, but that's like my yeah. short term, my short answer. Yeah. And I guess I was, I was saying under the assumption that these are good cards in the metagame to play that you want them, you know, like the and fact that they if, just could be bad good, cards. Of if course, they're but. good cards in the metagame to play, then they're probably not built into the meta base. So you can board them out when they're bad, right? Like yeah. if you need 27 lands and this is your 28th land and you have a 29th land with another spell, then you can board it out because you have enough lands. But sometimes these might be baked into your minimum amount of lands that you want in a matchup. Cool. And yep, you can also you can also build your decks, and this is all theory, but you can build your decks to have cheaper removal, so you can board out some of your top end against an aggressive deck and some lands. And so now you can go from twenty seven lands to twenty five lands because your deck is cheaper. That makes sense. Yeah, but that's I mean it's all contextual. It would it's, <laughs> it's really complex, um, Brian. I don't know if you have any opinion on this. Uh man, not not one that's super informed. So I probably should. Do you have a good joke? Mm-hmm. Nope. Watsy is not perfect but do you find some creators are too negative slash critical is it justified or do some go too far um Um, yes yeah this is a good one this feels like this is a great question this feels like one i can jump in on that i know a little bit more about um all right i guess i don't wouldn't say that but more up my alley is my my answer is is yes i think a lot of people are way too negative or critical about stuff. Um, or I, I just think some expectations are unreasonable from people. Uh, the, the, the expectation that things will always be perfect or things will always be to their particular specification of what they want is very unreasonable. And But for me, the main thing is that I think that social media which is where people have developed these brands incentivizes people to be negative because negativity is what hits. And so I think a lot of creators are just responding to 
what builds their brand more. And that's just being negative. And so um, I, I don't like that that's the way it is, but I'm not going to fault yeah. people for doing what's going to get them the hits that make them successful in that regard. But I, I, mm-hmm. I think the whole system just really sucks in oh, that. In oh, that, the, yeah. So the whole the whole system sucks. And the if I can jump off of what you were saying, yeah, quick, go for it. Yeah, um, is the thing that people have to understand the the listeners, the people that listen to our content and other people's content and read articles and and just the people that are consumers need to understand that, especially when debates happen online and there's two sides to a coin that like you just have to understand that almost everyone that you're listening to on whether they're on one side or the other, if they have a brand in magic, they're being biased towards like probably like not everyone, but a lot of people are biased towards their own self-interests. There are people Mm -hmm. that build platforms of negativity because they're not getting help from wizards or they're not part of the wizards (laughs) like OP system or marketing system or anything. So like it can help their bottom line by making this type of content. More people watch it, more people support stuff like that. And I'm not saying that that's bad. Um, I'm saying that when an argument comes up and you see things from both sides, um, sometimes I see people just automatically say, well, this person's a shill, so fuck that argument. And, mm-hmm. and I'm just saying that you have to understand that both sides um, have a bias here and, and that you have to wade through with more nuances. Because, yep. well, I'm in the system with Watsi, and sometimes I'm going to defend because I don't feel like there's a big issue. Other times I will say, like, I just wrote an article and just threw it on Twitter the other day. That's not says any, that, that pretty much says wizards. You I feel like you just lied and threw competitive magic players under the bus. And I think it was bullshit, you know, and I will do mm-hmm. stuff like that. But sometimes I'll think you're all overreacting. This is like this is probably like a thing that they can't really control because they're a corporation and blah, 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 blah. But sometimes when I say that, people are like, well, you're just a shill. You know what it's like? Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, well, go sub to the person that's arguing against me, I guess. If somebody is yeah, and if somebody's built a brand through what they say on social media, you have to view the fact that what they're saying on social media is part of their brand. You have to view it that way. There's a lot view it of through people. a lens. Yeah, of there's of a lot of color, people agree, and these are yeah. people that I genuinely like and some of them, like some of my friends with, but they've built their brand through being a loud voice on social media and they've mm-hmm. built their career through entirely through that and you have to view that they're going like they have a vested interest in saying the things that will continue that brand and a lot of times that involves it's very easy to build a brand by being negative and critical of watsi and so a lot of people have done that and so they're going to continue to to propagate that brand that's just the yeah. yeah right but 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 if like t- throwing this back to Among Us if 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 we're saying that they're sus to be in the imposter the best thing is right now there's so much chaos being sown in 2019 and 2020 pertaining to magic that like it all is just justifiable <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. the frustration just feels like it's fine and but like on calm times I I remember seeing it like I remember going to like pro tours in 2016, 17, 18. And it always felt, I always remember it because I was emotional because I was one and two or one and three. And I just spent two weeks testing. And I just see on the internet that a bunch of brands aren't even focused on the tournament. They're just pushing their own narratives. 
They're like, did you see that on camera? Yep, that card was supposed to be banned, like the piece of the YouTube video I made a month ago, linking to the YouTube video. And I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> Screw you, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, for me, for me, I kind of get the same thing too. You know, I've I've been working with Watsi for coverage here. I'm heavily incentivized to, you know, respect the game that I play because, you know, it's my career and whatnot. But I will definitely say when I don't like something, and I think that's completely fine. Like, I mean, we had our mini-sode about uh, how I pretty much hate standard right now. And I think it is perfectly healthy. Yeah, you can find on patreon.com slash Bad Bros Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it's perfectly acceptable to be critical of them. And in fact, you should be critical of a game that you love because, you know, you want it to be the best possible. But it's the people that just dunk on things just to dunk on them. I just absolutely hate that. But I, if I ever go to defend and say like, wow, you're just... First of all, anybody who doesn't feel... Um, the way that these people are that are dunking on the specific thing. Anybody who doesn't feel that way doesn't respond to those statuses anyways. So it's only the people that agree with them. So if I were to ever go jump in and be like, come on, this is there's no point to this, you know, X, Y, Z, then I'm like, oh, yep, Watsy shill, blah, blah, blah. And so, I, I mean, I hate it. I think there are plenty of creators that are way too critical, way too negative. But I also think it is... It, you should be critical of mm -hmm. your game, but you can do it in the right way and you can do it in the right sense without dunking and shitting on people. Like Efro, I think is a perfect example of being hypercritical about something, but he isn't dunking on shit to try to get views. He is saying his opinion in a well thought out manner. Uh, he is open to talking about each side of things. Um, you know, Benes uh, as well is, is pretty good about that as well. But just some people that just absolute dunk on it, I hate, and it annoys the shit there's out of no, me. <laughs> there's no arguing against it either is the thing too. Yeah. Like, you can, you, you yeah. can't present in a, if somebody pr presents an opinion and like the, the internet rallies behind that initial opinion, even if you have information that suggests that that's flawed, because a lot of these opinions yeah. people are making are off of 20% of the available information, or maybe it's 100% of the available information, but only 20% of the total information because they're only going off of what they see. Um, yeah. You even if you have more information or if you have a good counter argument to go against what's being said, once the ball gets rolling on that, the momentum is too much to ever to ever push against. You you really can't like you can't say anything against it. It's kind of one of nope. the super negative. It's not gonna change. Yeah, it's not gonna change the masses' mind. And honestly, that translates over into the the political debate that we're you know where the U.S. is at right now. Biden Trump. You can't go in and uh, somebody who is completely anti-Trump go in and. Uh, uh, spout Biden, they're not going to listen. Somebody that's anti-Biden, you can't go in there, spout Trump, and people are going to listen to those either. So it translates into that kind of stuff too. Not that they're building a brand, but they're they're building a narrative around them, around that kind of stuff as well. And it, you, you yeah. can't get points across in, in that matter either. Yep, social media is a shit show. All right, yeah. next question. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. All right, so... Uh, Sierra Kovitz asks, standard is in an all-time low while limited formats have been excellent recently. What do you mm -hmm. think of running top tournaments in limited formats rather than constructed in the coming year? In parentheses, as a player, I know it is a no-go for Watsi due to the... Oh, um, oh yeah, it's just saying that the Watsi doesn't want them due to viewers getting confused or something. I don't know if that's the truth, but there has been things of like, 
you know, walking in, having a viewer come in in round two of a draft isn't that great of entertainment to watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. so, I, I mean, I think that limited magic should be a part of competitive magic, even though I don't like playing it and I'm not as good yeah. at it. But it does feel like a great um, skill tester. But the the other issue is that I agree. It's just it's not great to have on coverage. Um, yeah. Like I think limited. If there was competitive limited, it should be done like poker, in the sense that like you know poker is always pre recorded. They should just yeah. gather up all of the assets, all of the matches, all of the drafts from all the perspectives, and they should just like push out a piece of content like four days later or have us all like, like let's say there's a big tournament, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we wanted limited to be a part of it. If it was online, we do the draft portion of it um, early. Everyone in like the grand finals, if they wanted limited, we do the draft portion on like Monday of next week. And then, yeah. and then that just gets aired as a pre-produced and then it goes live into constructed. They so did that once, didn't they? They kind they half they half did it. They didn't do the matches, but they did the draft for worlds. But yeah. and and that kind of stuff is better. But yeah, like you need to have a comprehensive pathway for people that jump in halfway through. Um, because there's no great metric. Like you mm -hmm. don't know what's in the decks, you don't know how the draft went, you don't know what who has what. And yeah. it it's just a little messy. And and it and it doesn't let you pull the deck list off and go play, right? Like if you're watching mm -hmm. coverage, you're like, holy shit, that deck looks great. And you just copy it, and now you're watching and playing Magic Arena, which obviously yeah. they would love if that's happening. I mean, here's the biggest problem is we have years and years of data of split pro tours where you see viewership fall off the cliff once we get to the final three rounds, which were drafts, and then you have the vice versa when they switched it around when the first three rounds, nobody watches because it's draft, and you just you see the, the actual just numbers that people do not like watching as much as limited, and you have to realize, you know, the broadcast is is something they do it's a product that they if something's wrong they address that issue and that's just sadly what has happened to limited even though i think i'm i'm with you brad like i don't i don't enjoy limited playing limited as much but it's something that's always fun to some players and it's if it's a good limited format, it's always going to be fun and always different, but it just doesn't hit the views. And I, that's Watsi's biggest problem, I feel, you know? And I don't know the metrics of if it, what which one helps profits, right? Like, I don't know if like, yeah. if a Sam Black shows up and has a great cyborg or a great draft strategy, if that increase of drafters over the next two weeks goes up or down or whatever, or compared to like, a, someone builds a new deck, and now how many people wild card those cards? Like those are metrics that Wizards is going to be able to follow and track and we can't. And yeah. If, and because of that fact, like if they're making decisions, we just have to, we, we pretty much have to assume that if they're making these decisions based on this stuff, it's because of the metrics and they're just following gravity, right? They're just like, yeah, they're seeing what they should do and they're doing that thing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just building off that statement you just said, just thinking about it, it's got to be the deck side, right? Like the new deck, because some decks on Arena, however many dollars it takes to, to get all those wild card compared to one or two drafts that people would do and get value back. It just has to be oh, the I latter. Assume, I assume, but I'm yeah. just saying like that I would, would be just assume, process. but Exactly, yeah. Brian, do you have anything to add to this? Um, 
I mean, you don't have to. It's we 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 covered a lot of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's it's cool. I don't I don't need anything. All right, you can okay. you can answer this next question then. Okay. Uh, Femoral asks, "Do you think paper mat pa- paper magic? Com- wow, I should have rewrote this. Do you think that competitive paper magic will ever return?" I mean, I think that's a really good question. Um, mm-hmm. I, honestly, I don't know uh, the answer to that. Really? Um, I mean, I, w- I I would like to say yes, but uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like competitive magic is is been trending downward. Um, and, you know, kind of to go off of the earlier question I skipped about broadening the appeal of competitive magic, I, I think that they're really, um, moving away from building magic for competitive players in the last few years. I think they've really been moving away from that in, in terms of how they design cards, um, even in terms of the, uh, structures of competitive play. Uh, it just seems like the competitive magic has kind of become on the on the back burner for Watsi as a whole, and mm-hmm. um, I have no idea how long uh, all you know like COVID will last. Um, I, I don't understand. You know, like I have no idea what's going to happen with the the structure, like with our country, with all the political and social issues and environmental issues that are going on right now. Um, and all, all that kind of stuff that I think it would be reasonable to think that it may never come back. Um, I, I, mean, I, I would hope I, that it would return, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that it will like, yeah. One of the interesting things I thought about, um, adding on to this is I always thought, of course, that because like the idea is that wizards wants, you know, LGSs and, and to, to, to have support and all these tournaments and us to go around and, and, you know, magic fests and, and pro tours and, is that nature but like i don't know how anything works but i do know that like right now you can't really do conventions and stuff like that right mm-hmm. yeah but then once it opens up uh, is that mean that like all these companies are going to try to have conventions and if they do is there a supply and demand issue and then all of a sudden like does competitive magic hit the bill if convention centers could cost more or less i have no idea what that economy is going to look like and so sure. who knows? Like there could be a scenario where like convention center costs are like two X what they used to be because literally every business wants to run a con. Yeah, supply and demand. I mean, you just yeah. up to your price. If 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 you have if you're quadruple booked for a weekend, you're just like, okay, double the price. Who wants to pay it? That makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, and yeah. but it could be cheaper, it could not. Like, I don't know. It could also just like they even said like even with a vaccine, the the risk of COVID still might be around for a long time. And, mm. you know, that might mean we're more safe to go out and, and socially distance and be safer going out and about, but that might not be for a convention. You can't, you know, you, you, you can't be socially distanced in a 2000 person Grand Prix. Yep. Yep. That in concerts, yeah, you know, it's just tough to, tough to socially distance uh, even, even when we're allowed to, you know, get a little bit more in person. Yeah, and I also yeah. think that um, I also think that Watsi maybe doesn't care that much about competitive magic. I, I don't know for sure what they do or don't care about, um, but it it seems to me that they don't care that much about it based on a lot of the decisions they've made recently. Not even about OP structures, but just in general, it seems like a lot of the way that they're designing sets, um, the way that they're pushing out 
external products and stuff like all that kind of stuff is at the sacrifice of competitive magic. So, mm-hmm. um, Ooh, I don't that, know. that, that actually brings us to the next question. If you want to hear it, Brian, it's for you. Well, okay. I want to, I want to, I want to clarify on something that you just said, BBD, because I totally agree that that leans away from competitive magic, but I also think these, you know, secret layers start these third, I, what, what did you call them? Third party sets or external sets or whatever, external supplementary sets, sets yeah. whatever you want to call them. Yeah. <clears throat> what I always thought those just screamed to me is like with COVID with the, you know, every business that's not directly related to helping out COVID or whatever, you know, cleaning supplies, stuff like that kind of panicking. I feel like that's just like a shareholder boost to just be like anybody who has stocks in Hasbro, like instead of selling them, like, Hey, we're still, we're pumping this stuff out. People are still buying it. It, it, well, it feels more like a shareholder year. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe it was escalated, well, right? Like maybe all that stuff was hurried I think, out. I think you're more. right on one degree. I, I, if I can expand on what you're saying, I, I honestly yeah. do think that Commander is becoming the most popular way that Magic is played. Yep. I mean, we even look at Commander versus compared to versus live. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, well, Commander versus amazing. No, I'm kidding. They are. <laughs> no, they are amazing. Yeah, they are. And, you know, I mean, they they crushed versus live for quite a while with their views. People just love Commander. I agree with you. Yeah, and, and one of the things about um, Commander, though, is these products help that, right? Like, like, um, like all these new things, there's a lot more like legendary creatures now. And that is at the sacrifice of competitive because all the new center sets have these like really messed up legendary creatures like Omnoth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and they do so many things because a commander has to do so many things. Yeah. And, no, that makes sense. And, and, and brawl and stuff like that. And maybe they're still trying to get brawl to, to happen. And I actually think competitive brawl would could be fun if we ever like maybe not at the highest levels, but I kind of always want to have a competitive brawl, like a Bash Bros battles or something, you know, like I want to see yeah. what it's like. Um, Cause I actually think there might be something there, but anyway, um, yeah, I think that'll sorry. Oh, to, I, I want to piggyback off of that and say that I, I, I think that I mean, I've said this a million times before. I think standard is just straight flawed as a format. I don't think it's going to be fun. Like I, I don't, I don't think it's going to ever be consistently fun from set to set to set. Like there's going to be pockets where it's good, I think, but I just, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a, a sustainable thing. One of the, one of the ways I think could make magic more fun is reducing the number of cards that you could play in a deck to, instead of it being four ofs, make it maybe two ofs or push more towards singleton magic. So I do think mm. singleton magic pr- produces more options and therefore is like less quickly solvable and and maybe potentially a little bit more fun. I don't know. How about how about two or rotate stuff faster? No. I think that would be good too. They tried I that got... and people hated it because it's for for financial reasons. Mm, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I like the idea. We go down to thirty card decks and two of each card. Oh, That's and also song. you ha- you have <laughs> you get to choose like what class you are ahead of time. And you have a special let's, ability. Let's Matt. Matt has been an issue forever. Let's just get rid of that and just say you get one land on turn one and you get two lands on turn two, right? Like this sounds three great. lands on turn three. It seems it seems uh, it seems pretty elementary. I mean, right? we already have that, guys. Double face lands. No, it's the same thing. But, but <laughs> I, I've done this before. If you're just automatically getting lands, you can't have seven card hands anymore. So we're gonna have to reduce the amount of cards you have in hand. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, so. <laughs> Uh, the last question we've got, and it kind of pertains to something that Brian said. Uh, it's from Bard Narson, and Bard Narson hmm. asks, 
Uh, special guest, what do you think about the Walking Dead magic cards? Uh, well, I hate them, <laughs> to, to be blunt. Like, I I know they're not for me, for sure, but I I feel like it is, one, just a really egregious cash grab, kind of like what Corey was saying about, like, making the shareholders happy. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's a, a, a egregious, ca- like, one of the most egregious cash grabs that they've done in a long time. Um, I really think that they are sacrificing some of the long-term sustainability of magic for short-term monetary gains by doing a lot of this kind of stuff releasing that and harry potter and stuff releasing an excessive amount of supplemental products people just burn out on that on, on that kind of stuff but for me the walking dead aspect of it is is it kind of breaks a wall for me um and and part of what i love about the game of magic is the charm of the game and a lot of the charm of the game um, is something I feel has been really lost lately uh, through a lot of the design of magic cards. Um, but part of the thing that I love about the game is that magic is its own world. Like you have, you know, the multiverse and planeswalkers and the storylines inherent in them. And I like those stories and I like those characters and I like all that kind of aspect of the game. So when you start making magic cards that are from an actual like, you know, TV show comic universe, it, it just shatters that entire illusion of magic being this world special world um, that we're playing a game based around in. And and for me, that it loses so much of the charm of the game. And I, I just really don't like that. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Even like the, what Harry Potter is, is it like that's another crossover that we're going to have later in the Wait, year. Is right? that real? Isn't it? Well, what, didn't they announce like multiple or is Dungeon and Dragons, right? Yeah, it's Dungeon and Dragons. Yeah. Yeah, there's there. You didn't see this, Brad? No, no, no. I know that, but I, yeah. I, I'm still on the Harry Potter. No. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, The Dungeon and Dragon crossover to me as well is just something that screams out to me like, hey, we want to we want to reach people that liked something else and we well, want to reach them that's... into our game, which is fine. Um. But it, it, it does feel but cash grabby as well to though. me. Well, A, Dungeons Dragon is one of their companies and they, they yeah. have, you know, they, they like literally when, when Brian and I were there, we, we could to the walk to the bathroom, we'd go through Dungeons and Dragons, you know, mm. and, and okay. so like, and, and that doesn't say. So do like, you have to roll a five or a six to be able to pee? <laughs> I, I, I missed a lot. I feel yeah. bad for that janitor. Same, yeah. <laughs> Guy walked in the door and I, I just was, I was already <laughs> critical just missing. Swinging. Yeah. I just, I just picture walking into the bathroom and Brian's just rolling dice on the ground and he's just like in the stall. He's like, critical hit. The, 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 difference, the difference between Dungeons and Dragons and The Walking Dead is D&D is a structure. Not a world. D&D is a world building game that you create yourself. You create worlds. So you yeah. can take their pre-builds. So we don't know what they're actually going to do with that. Like yeah. now if they if they were going to design an entire set based on a very popular campaign that like people from one of the companies or like that loading ready run streamed or something. I don't know. You know, like mm-hmm. that's different. But if they're like staying true to magic, that's totally fine. And and, you know, but more on the lines of like the Godzilla stuff where they didn't actually impact the magic cards in standard. They were just promo alternate arts of Godzilla on these, on all these cards. And, yeah. you know, that was like to- towing the line for me, but I was yeah. still like, you know what? That's kind of cool. Whatever. Um, 
But yeah, The Walking Dead, I agree. Like I watched, I've watched every episode of The Walking Dead and I hate to admit that I probably watched every episode twice, except for the newest season because I barely paid attention. Um, but yeah. I'm going to see it through, even though I hate it. Um, I just hate the last few seasons. They've just, you know, the, the writing. Um, but like the thing about The Walking Dead magic cards is that it is just a cash grab and it's like seeing like cars on a magic card was was like upset me. Just seeing like broken down cars, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like a Negan could exist in this world. Just, you know, some, some badass with, with a bat, but not like true cars. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It just, it crossed a line for me and it definitely, it definitely like, you know, it's like, you know, that they're doing cash grabby stuff and there's things like the Godzilla thing that are, you know, like, I, like Brad was saying, towing the line. I felt the same way. Um, but I, I didn't yeah. mind it, you know, but it, it's like that. But for me, it's just like it's like you, you kind of know that they're doing that kind of stuff all the time. And, and, but like you kind of shield yourself to it because you still like the game yeah. and you still love um, the, the flavor of it. But when they do something like this, it's like they it's like they just so blatant. Yeah, it's so blatant. It's just like there's there's no you can't even shield. There's no like. A layer between you and and yeah. there's no le- level of abstraction there at all. It's just in your face and. And then but, at the end but, of the day, I dislike it, but it's not like something that I hate and I wish stopped and I would fight against it. I don't care enough. It's just like if you ask me if I like or dislike it, I dislike it. Yeah. And and at the end of the day as well, like there's probably somebody out there that loves it. Right. So it, oh, it's yeah. definitely getting to somebody that it thinks this whole crossover thing is cool. So and if you like and if you like these things, you're listening to this right now and you're like, I really like these things like it. You know, well, don't uh, I, don't I, think because we're shitting on it that it, you shouldn't be able to enjoy things. I still um, don't but, know how many yeah. people like The Walking Dead, though. <laughs> That's- I mean, yeah, the walk- I mean, maybe maybe if they had this crossover like eight years ago when the show was actually good Look, and I'm popular. Gonna, I, yeah. I'm going to spoil it because I am being aggressive, but I'm just going to spoil our thing. So 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 Rick ends up. Um, Everyone thinks Rick's dead, but Rick's not dead. And then like 10 years lapses. The show literally jumps forward six years in the future or whatever. So six or seven years have lapsed and Michonne finds out that Rick's alive. And instead of going back to where they are camped and where they live to, you know, go and talk to their family, she just talks on a walkie talkie to her daughter when they're in the middle of a war and saying, I'm going to go find our dad. And she then goes and tries to find Rick because they're in a loving relationship now. And so the she Michonne just leaves the show by abandoning her children during a war to go find her man. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing ever. If Rick's alive, he's going to find his way back to the camp. Yeah. You know? But like, that's how they <laughs> wanted to write her off the show. And I was like, that is, I hated it. You know, like <laughs> it's the last thing a character like that would have done. Like the writing's just gotten so lazy. Yeah, that that show really lost a lot of luster for me, even around like season four or something. Whenever they went to that prison, like that was like, okay. And towards the end of that, I'm like, yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Done. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't watched The Walking Dead, but I want to mention what Corey said. Like Corey said, like, yeah, this this will be a thing that a lot of people will like. And yeah, I mean, that's that's cool with me. Like I'm not trying to say that people should dislike this or whatever. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. as an opinion for me, when I saw that this is something that they did, my immediate thought was like, man, I I just don't want to play magic. Like it just it really deflated <laughs> me a lot. And I know I don't play I'm not playing that much magic anymore, but like just seeing that just super deflated me. And it just I, I just felt like like I just 
it, it really just put in perspective. Like, I don't like the way that I don't like the direction that Magic's going. So, yeah. And that's, that's my personal I mean, opinion. I don't wow, mind if people what, like it. It's just for me, that's how. What if they did a WoW crossover BBD? Then would you be like, oh, hell yeah. Well, that would be really weird because <laughs> WoW already has a card game. Yeah. It, Hearthstone, <laughs> Hearthstone exists already, and that's the WoW crossover. So, yeah. Uh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah. That. <laughs> all, the, all the characters in Hearthstone are from World of Warcraft. So, oh, yeah. okay. Okay. What if they made a football crossover and you could just like go turn to Brett Favre pass? <laughs> To well, you, Brett Favre does like to pass, so <laughs> yeah, it did play of plays. Uh, <laughs> an interception would be a blocking creature just deals damage to the player. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, we found the crossover to get BVD to like it. Let's make it happen. I don't know. <laughs> not not a fan. Yeah, but. yeah. yeah I feel I mean, I'm just gonna end this part with like, yeah, it makes me scared because like. The only reason I'm scared is I am, like I said, I'm biased. I'm an OP player. Like I wrote in my article, it's like, I'm not only in the MPL, but I am a co-founder of, you know, MTG Melee that cares about tournament tournaments. And Mm -hmm. I'm very entrenched in, you know, competitive magic, organized play and all of these things. And when I just keep feeling frustrated by the cards, the formats, the bands, the OP structures, and then I see like all of this stuff coming out and I see new magic cards coming out in standard and I just look and it's like, if if you see like a mythic legendary creature, more of them are becoming legendary and they're not big 10 mana effects. They're all very isolated four to five. And, and there's cards like Kenrith. Kenrith is clearly there to be a commander. Yeah. It has all five yeah. colors. It has abilities, you know, like these are like, like clearly designed to be commander. Same as a three five legendary mm-hmm. creature uh, artifact creature guy. I, I I can't. Oh, Golos. Golos, yeah. Yep. But Gol like things mm-hmm. like that. It's like I, I Golos is a cool card. Kenneth is a cool card. Nope. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I think those both are were, were fun, cool cards. Like. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I've only seen Kenneth be played to do disgusting things. Yeah, like I, it does not. You never play it to interact with the opponent. You don't play it as a five five and then untap with it. It's literally always comes in, hastes the team, and kills the opponent. Yeah, I understand that. I just I, I don't think those cards are that bad. But I I do feel that yeah, design is competitive. Magic is not at the forefront of why cards are being designed. It doesn't feel like so. No, it's it's not. It's not. Um, and that's mm. and that's sad for me. And maybe it's not true, but whatever. I mean, that's that's our episode for today. That's our. That's our mailbag. Um, if anyone has a lighter note that we can end on, um, um, C sharp. Nope. Well, <laughs> How about the cast and crew? That's a nice lighter note. Uh, <laughs> well, we, well, before that, I'll say that the the higher note is tonight. We're all. I mean, this is coming out Thursday, but tonight we're going to be able to watch what LeBron's fifteenth NBA final start. God, it seems like it. It seems like it. Man, 10, do 10 I? 10 in 15 years, or has he, I think has he been I think 15 it's times? 10, if I'm not mistaken. It's 10 time yeah. in 15 years. That's what it is. It's 9 out of 10 right now. I know that. Yep. Yeah, so this will be 10 out of 11 or whatever. Yeah, it, I, and honestly, like, to to remember Kobe and stuff, the year that he tragically passes away, the Lakers win, that would be kind of special as well. So I, I'm definitely going for the Lakers. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for the Lakers. Because like yeah, be cool. I, ever since that like one guy from Cleveland just went to the Heat, like I, I'll always hate the Heat. So that's why I'm rooting for the Lakers. 
Oh yeah, who, who, who was that guy? I, I don't remember their name. Uh, but okay, like, I knew I, I knew it was a Heat hater. Ever since that one mm-hmm. Cleveland All Star just left their team high and dry to move to a different team. Gotcha. Yeah, what a jerk. What a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we get to our casting crew. Uh, I do want to talk about a few upcoming events that are on MTG Melee. And I got an exciting one because Channel Fireball Clash is now officially on MTG Melee. That is right. (laughs) We have gotten Channel Fireball to come use our platform. Hooray! Hooray! Gotta catch them all. (laughs) There's a a cross promotion with Pokemon. (laughs) Is that the next uh, secret lair? Yeah. <laughs> All right, but that is true. So the CFB um, Clash uh, qualifier number one, there's four qualifiers. The first one is this Saturday at 9 a.m. Um, and for more information, you can go to channelfireball.com slash clash, or you can sign up on MTG Melee today. That's going to be a fun tournament. I'm going to see what my schedule looks like, but I'm probably going to play it if we have our testing figured out, but we don't have a lot of days, so... We'll see. Yeah, I might play it. I might play it as well. I I know it's standard, right? <laughs> it is standard. <laughs> yeah, so I I don't necessarily want to put any work into it, but if you send me a list, oh, I'll, I'll get you a good. I'll, I'll get you a good list if you play. Yeah, I mean, I just I is the thing is I loved the streams of just like the SCG events, and and I more just wanted to stream. Uh, but the, these kind of events are really fun to stream as well. So yeah, give me a list. I'd be down. All right, cool. Yeah, well, um, I'll throw, I'll throw some, I'll throw a different list into the Bash Bros podcast, but give you the better one. Oh, thank you. That's yeah, yeah, lie. yeah. I'm gonna I mean, just give you a list, and then once you sign up, give it to everyone else. Um, winky wink, <laughs> wink, wink, wink. <laughs> so this the disorganized wizards club organizational six. That's that is a great name. Uh, wow. uh, is on Sunday at nine a.m. You can find more information on that. That is standard. And then finally, we've we selected a date. Now this tournament isn't this weekend, but it is upcoming. It is in thirty days. It is the second Bash Bros battle sponsored by BCW Supplies. We are going to be doing this on November first. That is a Sunday, and we are going to have a leftover Halloween costume contest. Now, if you dress up or you or your family or anyone that you want to show off um, dresses up on Halloween, take some pictures. And then on Sunday in our discord, we will have a room for pictures and anyone can post one in and we will be giving away three prizes. Uh, Corey will pick one. I will pick one. And Rick from BCW supplies will pick one. He does not know this yet, but he will. And, (laughs) And we will be giving away BCW supplies and a special prize of whatever Corey and I want to put in a gift bag and we will mail it to you. And, uh, it, it'll be very much like what our, our, um, grandma used to give us in care packages of whatever the hell she owned. I hope. Yeah, it would be I, like it would be like a loose pair of socks, <laughs> like antiperspirant, uh, you know, Q-tips, some some candy that's really outdated. It would be the most odd collection of put care us, packages. Our grandma, like one thing of Pez dispenser and five hundred Q-tips. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy Werther's originals because, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Grandma had the good candy. What are you talking about? Werther's Originals are great. Actually, I really like <laughs> Werther's Originals. Werther's Originals are old people candy because they're not too sweet. Hmm. They're just like good candies if you haven't had one. They're caramel. Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of them. They're actually wow. genuinely decent. 
No, they're very good. All right. All right so let's right. let's that'll wrap up the show. I uh, hope to see you all playing in those tournaments, though. Um, and real quick, I guess, some bachelor's battles uh, to qualify for that. You uh, just have to join our Patreon. So if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com. So bachelor's podcast, the um, lowest tier of five dollars a month will qualify you qualify for that. I'll be posting the um the entry code periodically and uh we'll get that first one out here soon uh just probably tomorrow to everyone and then i'll just i send it out every week and if you you know if you message me in patreon if you don't have it but um yeah and one one last thing to mention on that these tournaments are going to be more of a normal thing you know every month maybe every other month uh at the latest and stuff yeah i'm just saying you know uh because technically, it's we don't have one during October, you know, but yeah, because it is in November. But so, I mean, being in on those, you get to play them a lot. We had a ton of fun last time, so uh, something to really worth checking out, you know, for for a low price of five dollars to get in on these. So yeah, pretty cool. It was awesome, and we, and we give away a thousand dollars of BCW. Um, store credit. Thank you so much again, BCW Supplies, for supporting the Bash Bros podcast and our yeah. tournament series. All righty, so. Let's talk about the cast crew and uh, the casting. Let's do it. Cast crew's mm. had a few changes this week. Mm, some shakeups, but, but it. But one that hasn't changed is our Brodown executive producer Victor. Victor has stayed stayed our executive producer for a very long time, uh, and has become quite proficient at it. And we are going to be doing some Brodowns uh, tonight during the NBA Finals. You can find uh, Victor at aisle seven of your local grocery store, the produce section. Oh, <laughs> there's nothing but vodka, Red Bulls, and Victor. Yeah. All right, uh, next up we got <laughs> Phil. Yeah, yeah, d- yeah, yeah, and and Phil is. Uh, he is a valued member of the Bash Bros uh, cast and crew. Oh, I mean, I knew that, but yeah. So, but this is the cast and crew. We we. We 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 talk about our cast and what kind of crew they do. Yeah, they're John. Oh, yeah. uh, so he um he's the cast member who uh, he likes to, he crews up um some of the different things that go on uh, around. So he cruise he cruises down the street and six. Is he a driver? I don't know what you just said because your internet cuts out every time you say anything. Okay, well, I will say, I, I said, so he's cruising down the street in his 6'4", so, so, so Phil's the driver. Uh, he drives a lot of the progress. You still don't know what Phil um, does, do you? No, I don't. No, I don't. God, Brian, you have one job every week. All right, well, Phil, well, could you please message us to tell us what you do on the cast and crew, or we're just going to have to make shit up. I have one job Sounds every week, right. unlike Phil, who has a lot of jobs that he does around here. Oh, this is great. So I wrote in the notes before we did the episode that I had a joke and I told you two about it. And now I have no clue what it is. I was just, just going to say I was no waiting for you. Yeah, we were waiting for yeah, that joke say, and it never realized. Yeah. I was like, if your joke was about that Ice Cube reference about uh, cruising on the street in my 6'4", I was like, how did you know he was well, going to segue into that? Reference. But, yeah. Uh, it what? Well, kind of. It's an it's a NWA reference. It's an Easy E song, yeah. Well, that's an NWA song yeah. who includes Ice Cube. Bradley, fair. If sure, all right. I do remember what my joke was gonna be. <laughs> well, now you cannot say it. I was just gonna say BBD and Phil are the imposters. <laughs> mm. <laughs> wow. All right, next Phil's up. At. 
Next up, we got Wappa, and Wappa has been doing, you know, such a good job uh, at Brad's personal barista, but Brad's been, you know, drinking a lot of Starbucks lately, so Wappa wanted to take on some more responsibility. So now Wappa is also responsible for being our personal dog walker, but one, one, huge stipulation refuses to walk bbd no matter how much he wants and BBD to refuses to walk yeah yeah i mean no, so i guess it's a win-win <laughs> i guess it's a win-win <laughs> speaking of that we need to walk d more get her more release trained we're bad about going on walks well you can't fly with d because she's a dumb flightless bird right <laughs> or wait no that's d from always sunny never mind okay yeah. sorry sorry <laughs> i thought d was a bird birds can fly uh, flightless yeah, bird. Okay. Yeah, D is definitely a yeah. flightless bird. All right, so Max <laughs> is Corey's linguistic coach, and uh, I feel like Corey still needs that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Max is 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 doing uh, great work here. Uh, maybe yeah. bad work because Corey still needs it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's been progress. There has been progress. Hey, hey, just think about this: NBA coaches are still around to this day. These NBA teams. Still need coaching, you know, and I think that's similar to a linguistic coach. It's just someone who's always there to just improve. Yeah, that's a good. That's a very good point. Thanks for Thank adding you. that point to our podcast, Adham. When you ghost wrote everything that we just said, so thanks for making that valid point. Makes sense. Makes sense. So next up, we got David Watt, and that is our special guest screener. Still doing just unbelievably dog trash work. But you know what? We keep David around, uh, you know, just hoping that one day Ryan Reynolds or maybe Alias or Wyatt Darby will come back one day. But uh, I mean, so far, yeah, so great. It, 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 you remember that question yeah. that was answered earlier about how people are a little too negative? Uh, maybe the yeah. expectations are a bit too high. You guys just got somebody on the cast of You've Got Mail, one of the greatest <laughs> movies of 1998, and you're complaining about David Watt's job at finding a special guest. How Damn. dare you? Shame on you both. Damn, am I part of the problem? I think yeah, you're right. Part of the problem because how could we be like shitting on David Watt for bringing in someone who was on one of the best movies of all time made in December of 1998. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is at least the, one of the top five movies of December 98 featuring specifically Meg I mean, Ryan and Tom Hanks. And you guys are fucking shitting on it. grossing movie from 1998. Like, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> All right. That's good. All right. So Gino Batista is uh, was supposed to be our special guest, uh, has actually, you know, supposed to always be on the show. But for the for the past like month or so, something always is coming up. So so uh, I thought finally it was going to happen. But just recently, actually, like, well, that is one great thing about David Watt, because David Watt turned things around this morning. I got a call from from Gino and they said that they were wrongfully arrested um, but use their one phone call and uh, they used it to call us. So while I'm a little frustrated that they still can't be on the episode, that's really impressive to to, to have us be their, their one phone call. Oh, yeah, they're good. Well, I'm guessing they're going to be stuck in jail for a while if they didn't use it to actually I mean, get out. We didn't wise move. Oh, they'll be rotting in yeah. jail for the rest of their life. But we they, do they asked us. appreciate <laughs> the, the notice. Yeah. 
Yeah, they asked <laughs> us to bail them out, but like, I don't know how to do that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just makes sense. I didn't look it up. Makes sense. No, makes yeah, sense. like hay bales. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, something I do get is Patrick, who is the person who runs our office parties. In fact, it's the office party coordinator. Um, we don't hold any, but. If, no, no, Brian, we do. You just spend your time drafting. Oh, you're right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just in the hotel room drafting. Many office parties. <laughs> uh, yeah. The weird thing is that I never got invited to any of them. Oh. Yeah. Brad, Brad, didn't you tell them? Are you are you not on the, no, I'm not. the group email? I'm no? not. No. Yeah. Not the group text either? Uh, no, I actually, you know, if I actually got the first one. I got the first and you're on that group group text message where it's just skateboard videos over and over, right? <laughs> I'm on that one. Yeah. But see, I actually got the first email about the office parties. Um, but then there's also then I got the second the second email that said there's some people on this list that shouldn't be on the list. And then never got another one. So no, whoa, whoa, you didn't get the text messages that said like you're one of the one hundred <laughs> People that need to be at the office party, we are counting on you. So please send $100 now or President Trump will be upset with you. No, I never got that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did send $100 though. Head of the yeah. game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up on Cast and Crew is Sam Perdome. And Sam Perdome is in charge of the BBP personal fitness uh, it's the BBD, BBP personal fitness trainer and really tries to get us, you know, out of our chairs. We sit a lot with COVID and stuff and really just tries to get us doing extreme exercises like, you know, lifting a Diet Pepsi to our mouth, um, you know, uh, stepping down a staircase once throughout a day. Really kind of outrageous tasks that I don't think none of us, any of us are really doing. But I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? Well, I I will say that I don't listen to our personal trainer, but I have started working out and I'm being legit and it's not focused Mm. working out, but it is helping me now want to start using my elliptical again. Um, So I started this new pushup routine. uh, Okay. And it involves. So, so what I do with D is D loves playing this game where I put a toy in D's mouth. So like that she doesn't bite me. And so she knows to play with a toy in her mouth and I just pretend to be a dog on all fours and we're like butting heads and, and growling. And then eventually she'll start jumping up on my shoulders to knock me down. And she mm-hmm. tries to jump on top of me and I let her and then I go to the ground and I make a oof. And then she just gets all excited tail wigging and then looks at Amber's like, did you see that? Did you see what I did? And then we do a push up up. And then, and then, and then we just keep doing this over and over again. She just wants to jump on me to knock me over. Oh, yeah. that's cute. Until, until she gets sick of holding the toy, probably because her jaw starts hurting. And then she just starts biting my hair. And then that's when we have to end Yeah. Up. Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to say, our dog does not do that many cute things. It's a lot more of just the biting and <laughs> next the other shit. But yeah. <laughs> oh, that's absurd. All right. Oh, it's uh, I, I talked so much that I didn't know that it was in my turn. All right. <laughs> Your so turn. So Bajaldi, who was the assistant to the assistant regional manager, um, you know, I, I didn't like this position for Jair for this long because Jair kind of likes to uh, stay on their own and work on their own because they they never return our messages or or pleas for help or or, or calls for assistance actually. Mm. Um, so so I I decided to promote Jair to uh, our our merch store manager. 
Uh, that is right. We do have a merch store for anyone that doesn't know. You'll find that in the show notes if you're on Podbean or one of the other um, places that you can find our podcast. And uh, you can find that. And now Jared is uh, is managing that. And God, Jared just put up a great photo on the front page, just really trying to bring in sex appeal uh, to the merch store. So check that out if you uh, would like to just, you it know. It is just, just Brian's hairy ass. Yes, I agree. Yes, 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 exactly. Well, you're not supposed to spoil it, Brad. We're supposed to get him to the store, okay? That's true. Well, that'll yeah. get him to the store. Not for the right reasons, all right. though. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, next up, we have uh, Keith Trojanowski, who is our unpaid intern. And he, uh, as an intern at the Bash Bros podcast, will get a lot of uh, valuable life experiences. Um, he'll get exposure. Um, and he'll hmm. learn a lot about how the industry works. He will not get any money, though. No money. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Uh, next up, we got Filippos Galanis. Before, before you go further, before you, yes, before yes, you yes. get to Galanis. Um, okay. All right, Keith. By the way, you still owe us for your um, your outfit. T-shirt. Yeah. 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 yeah T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so. Uh, you you have my PayPal. Um, mm. Yeah. But yeah, get, and you better you you better send it to my PayPal as well, uh, and maybe Brian's as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. So we wanted to cover that, you know, outside of this, but they haven't been responding. So yes, of course. No. Anyways, Filippo's Galanis uh, is our Aspros podcast liaison. So, you know, anytime things are falling through the cracks or just, you know, uh, it, it, sometimes smelly jobs essentially. Um, but, but really, really keeps the Aspros podcast just looking sparkly clean charmin fresh you know what any you other kind of are they the Astros <laughs> podcast cleaner <laughs> like what the fuck are you where are you going with this one like oh, I mean, the Astros podcast as everyone knows is sponsored by a variety of toilet paper companies and also MTG <laughs> yeah. Melee yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you like Charmin yeah. you'd like if the you, Astros if you like, podcast yeah. if you like Charmin and playing magic online <laughs> you like taking but you've never known a place to combine both of those needs we got you like taking your laptop into the bathroom as you (laughs) sideboard for game three (laughs) all right so next up we got time goals bbd's resident personal massage therapist brian how how those happy endings been treating you uh treating me just fine i guess you could say Guess one. What we say I don't now? know what you would say, to be honest. <laughs> and I don't know if I want to know what you would say. I don't think many things are said, actually. No, there's not a lot to be said. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I'll tell you one thing that uh, a sound effect is worth a thousand words, and that's Paul Kaurowski. Nice. Uh, and he is a uh, BBD's wall staring photographer. So anytime I feel the need to step into the void, uh, Paul is there to document it. And we thank did you, you for did his you work. Not, did, did you not see that Paul got another job too, though, that they're moonlighting? Uh, is it sending pictures of Spider-Man to the local news? Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> now, they're now Spider-Man's photographer. And for whatever reason, you were there. And now I'm wondering, who's Spider-Man? Well, it's you definitely, clearly no. Well, I clearly know one person that's not, and that's me. 
Yeah, because I'm in the shot staring at a wall. So and I don't know. Didn't Spider-Man actually take photos of himself and then turn in as he was Peter but Parker? Never, like, wasn't that the whole did, story? Yeah, but never did he take a picture of him and Spider-Man at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, that would be a little tricky, huh? That's a good point. Yeah. All right. That's next level. All right. Next up, we got Laura Roar, and that is our CEO. Just uh, told the truth once, was was upfront and honest about a job. And you know what? We appreciate that kind of commitment here on the BBP and just straight up to CEO. Yeah, that's our boss. That's our boss man. Mm-hmm. Laura is our boss. And that's uh, all I'm going to say. Um, yeah. Next up, we got Jason Florent, who was the buy. And by buy, I mean buy, buy, buy. Every time you play against Jason Florent, you win, win, win. Uh, but they lost that demotion this week, uh, and they are back to being Corey's arch nemesis. Um, Excellent. So hopefully Jason's got some plans afoot for uh, the next Bash Bros. Battles Halloween edition. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but until then, I guess, Corey, watch your back. Yeah, I mean, his plan better be, you know, at least to, I mean, at least you got to start with just playing better, I would say, to try to take me down. But, you know, I, well, I'll leave it up to Jason to try to walk the walk. But so far, what he's been doing, Bradley, it, it just hasn't been working at all. At all. Winning the tournament still? <laughs> no, no, he won the tournament. That's okay. He can win the tournament. But, you know, you did he really win, win if war, he didn't win me? I won the battle. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Speaking of watching your back, we've got Spoon Tongue, BBD's body hairstylist. And, uh, yeah. He's watching your back. Oh, he is. He's watching your back. That's oh, for he sure. definitely is. What style would you describe your body hair in? Uh, gothic, yeah. actually. Maybe uh, maybe post-Victorian. I, I'm still undecided. So. Hmm. Wow. I'm 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 personally intrigued. So. Victorian Gothic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And next up, we got another promotion from Eric Nall here. Hold the gaffs until after the comment, boys. I think this is less a promotion and more a journey. Yeah. I mean, Eric Nall is really, really on. Oh, is, it a, is it a journey so, to nowhere? I mean, no, we're going somewhere. (laughs) Eric was exiled from Bangkok recently, um, but his followers feel the pain of not belonging. So um, they're going to find a new place to call home. Their new journey begins now. He is now the leader of the trash tronauts. Trash tronauts. Sounds very Leader of the trash tronauts. I believe. All right, hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah. So when you play Among Us, uh-huh. there is an actual task that you have to do. So neither of you have played this before. Ten players start. Eight players are good. Two are bad. The eight players have to do tasks around the ship. And if they do all of them, they win. That's why people yeah. move around. That's how you get the bad guys, right? That's one of the ways. That's how bad guys get to kill people because they have to run around and do a bunch of tasks. One of them is th- throwing trash out of a chute. And and so that sounds like a trash turn on. I feel like Eric Null is just the pre-story to Among Us. Oh, the plot thickens. You know, you know, the job will be different next week and it may reflect that. So we'll see. Oh, no, I'm putting Eric on a once per month rule. <laughs> <laughs> 
was probably smart. Yeah, what's the buds, buddy? <laughs> oh, I love Eric Nall. I will, I will read the paragraph or two worth of the story transition, but <laughs> once a month. <laughs> you keep doing what you're doing, Eric. We love it. All right. Well, thank you again uh, for the cast and crew for supporting the show. If you would like to be a part of it, uh, you can do so at going to patreon.com slash podcast. But that is it for this week. Thank you so much, uh, Brian Bernoon, for being on the show this week. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Yep. Um, but if you would check your uh, your email, there is a cease and desist there because you've got mail. Mm. <laughs> no, I was hoping you ended it with you've got mail. I was the ready to jump is, on that. That so. mail does not include an invite to the office party, so you brad fuck you <laughs> all right well that's a wrap i don't want to have to fucking do this shit anymore <laughs>